This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success, the podcast designed to inspire you and give you actionable information to enhance, up-level, reimagine, and reinvent your life and your livelihood. No matter where you started, where you are now, or where you've been, you too can lead an authentic, first-class life. Each week, new stories of turning points and transformation will help you define what success means to you so you can live your best life on your terms. Now here's your host, first-class life mentor and certified Profiting From Your Passions coach, Kate Fessler. Welcome to Change, Redefining Success. I'm your host, Kate Fessler, and my guest this week is Kimberly Stewart. Kimberly is the author of both Be Weird, Make Money Halloween and Be Weird, Make Money, Design a Life and Living in a World Where You Don't Feel Like You Belong. She's a small business coach, speaker, and standard nerd. Kimberly loves helping people figure out how to be creative and get paid for it. Kimberly has been a Barbara Share success team leader since 2003, a creation of her friend and mentor, Barbara Share, and a Valerie Young profiting from your passions consultant since 2009, as well as having been mentored by Barbara Winter, the author of Making a Living Without a Job. Welcome, Kimberly. Hi, Kate. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. You and I have been down many of the same paths, although in a different order. I originally studied with Valerie Young to become a certified outside the job box, now known as Profiting from Your Passions, business idea generator, I think is what it's called now. And that's how I got introduced to Barbara Winter and Barbara Scherer. You started with Barbara Scherer. Tell me about how you met her and what was it like working with her? Um, Back in 2003, um, I had been driving to a funeral um, several states away, and I was listening to her audiobook of I Could Do Anything If Only I Knew What It Was, mm-hmm. and she talked about success teams, and I thought, wow, I could really use a success team, you know, because I was at a place in life where that would have been helpful, and when I got back into town after the funeral, I, I looked her up online, and it turned out she was offering... Um, a kit to become a success team's leader. And so I contacted her and I said, Hey, uh, you know, I thought I needed a success team, but maybe I could be a leader. And, you know, we exchanged some emails and she said, I think that would be great. I think you'd be a great person for it. And later that year, she came out to Boulder, Colorado with Valerie Young and Barbara Winter to run making dreams happen. And I really wanted to go, but, uh, it wasn't really in my budget, but, uh, Barbara's assistant at the time, Andrea, had contacted me and said, hey, can you pick up Barbara at the airport? And I thought, heck, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 45 <laughs> minutes in the car, sure. And so, you know, we, uh, I picked her up and she uh, was totally awesome. And I, I confessed right away that I'd had the kit for several months but hadn't run a team. She goes, oh, that's okay. I forgot to tell you guys how to do it. And, and so, you know, totally warm, personable, wonderful. And she said, Hey, do you want to come to this workshop this week? And I said, Oh, you know, I'd I'd love to, but it's not really in my budget. She goes, Oh, come as my guest. It'll be great. And so, um, and we worked it out that uh, as a massage therapist, I would give people little chair massages, uh, during the day, you know, on breaks and stuff. And at night I could, um, you know, kind of earn my keep by giving massages to some of the participants if they were interested. So I didn't feel like I was, you know, um, totally mooching. <laughs> but it was it was such a great life changing experience. I mean, she, Barbara, is so 
amazing at just being real and, and showing people how to, uh, you know, get started, including me, <laughs> which was really mm. helpful. Well, her books, I know, have been really instrumental for a lot of people, including, um, what is the one, um, the scanner, the one about the scanner? Oh, refuse to Choose. Refuse to Choose, yes. That's, I can't believe I couldn't remember the name of that because <laughs> it's one of my little Bibles, like, I refuse to choose. <laughs> totally. I, when I read it, and I, I hear this from other people, I felt like she had read my diary. I was like, oh, she understands. She totally gets it um, because so many of – I'm, to- I'm absolutely a scanner, and I, I felt – understood for the first time. So yeah, that was one of my favorites. <laughs> mm. Well, I often credit the two Barbaras, Cher and Winter, with being sort of the pioneers of the movement. And of course, Barbara Winter's book, Making a Living Without a Job, is kind of the Bible. I did not know that Barbara Winter did mentoring. So tell me what that was like. Well, basically, um, Barbara comes out to Colorado or has for several years um, to teach at Colorado Free University. And um, she, you know, does a number of workshops. And essentially, every time she comes out, I, uh, I go to her classes and, you know, we, we visit and we talk and everything. So it, it wasn't exactly... Uh, an official mentoring, but she has been very supportive um, of me since 2003. You know, we've emailed and, you know, when I see her at the classes, I'll call her and say, okay, so here's this new idea I've got. What do you think? And she's always happy to, um, you know, give me feedback and, and support and encouragement. She is also a very personable person, I guess oh. you can say. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> So you studied with Valerie Young in 2009. I think I was part of her, one of her first groups in 2007, just before I quit my job to start my business. Um, I was employed full-time when I took the certification course. What inspired you to become a Profiting from Your Passions consultant? Well, I had since I had met her at Making Dreams Happen, I'd been kind of following her work. I'd um, you know gotten her emails and everything, and I, I just – loved the idea of helping people in an even more specific way than I had learned from Barbara Sher. Um, you know, just kind of the one-on-one work as opposed to the group work. And it, it seemed the next logical step. Um, you know, I, I, cause I love Valerie's work every time I get emails from her or talk to her, you know, I get inspired, you know, and just, it's always amazing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yes, she is amazing. I agree. So even though you have the tools and you have plenty of tools in your toolbox, you still have to find your niche. Tell me how you landed on Be Weird, Make Money. Well, it's, it's kind of funny. I had for years been trying to help people, um, you know, figure out their passions and how to profit from them and everything. But I realized I was kind of going about it in the wrong way. And my wake up call was in 2013. So at that point, you know, four years of the profit from your passions uh, training. And I was in this crowded hotel ballroom with about two or 300 other coaches who were doing kind of the same thing. And I realized I, I don't want to be doing what these people are, doing exactly because everyone seemed to be wanting to do the same thing. And I had, I kept finding myself trying to help people who I didn't understand. Um, I have never had a traditional job, job as it were um, that, you know, I like a cubicle type job, office job that I would help 
people escape from. So I didn't understand a lot of what they were going through. Uh, you know, even though I could probably help them, I didn't fully understand. And so while I was in that ballroom with all the other coaches, I just snapped back to my rebel senses <laughs> and said, Kimberly, you need to help people like you, you know? And I, I declared right there and then that I was going to help people design Halloween based businesses. And uh, I was met with a lot of raised eyebrows and a couple of, Oh, that's interesting. And you know, <laughs> like next. And so, um, and so that's where I got the idea to, um, you know, I applied to speak at a Halloween convention and that's where my Halloween book came from. Um, you know, and it, it was the most natural stepping off point. Um, and starting point because I love Halloween. I've always loved Halloween. And I thought, okay, this is cool. This is something I know something about. But after that book came out, I realized there's a whole wide world of weirdos out there that I can help that, you know, um, communities that I'm a part of the, the goth community, the steampunk community, the Renaissance festival community, you know, and all these people that I understood, I got, I got the kind of businesses that they wanted to run that other traditional career coaches might not understand. And so I was like, Oh, there's my niche. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You mentioned the book, be weird, make money Halloween. So for people who don't know, because I didn't know that there's like this enormous industry around Halloween. Like it's not just kids dressing up and going door to door asking for candy anymore. Is it? No, it's to it's a nine billion dollar industry. It's huge, and you know it's it, it's broken down into all these different pieces. You know, costumes, candy, haunted attractions, uh, props, and uh, decorations, and everything, and even greeting cards. This when I was looking up the statistics for my book, I was shocked. the The greeting card industry section of Halloween it's like a three hundred and fifty million dollar part of the business. And I was like, who the heck sends Halloween, you know, greeting <laughs> cards. And then I thought, you know, a lot of people have sent them to me over the years, knowing how much I, and I was like, Oh, I guess, I guess that is part of it. Mm. Yeah. I mean, who would ever think of that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not really into Halloween myself, but the next book that you wrote does speak to where my heart lies. Be weird, make money, design a life and living in a world where you don't feel like you belong. So who did you have in mind when you were writing that one? Um, me, <laughs> first <laughs> off. Um, but really, all my my friends or peers that I've seen struggle to try and fit themselves into the expectations of you know society and everything, or you know they either like smush themselves down to fit in, or they just say, you know, forget about it all and I'm going to be me. But then they take jobs that are like low level, they are beneath them, you know, like they, and they, they shrink themselves a bit in not being able to live a really full life, um, you know, by uh, not taking advantage of, uh, you know, all that self-employment can bring you. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think a lot of people do have that idea that, well, my job is something that I have to go do to make some money so that I can, in my off hours, be who I really am and do what I love to do. But in fact, as you said, like a more fulfilling life is when it's all sort of integrated, right? When you're doing something that you love and you're making money at it and you get to be who you are 24-7. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's, it's so important. You know, I think there's this expectation that we owe the world, our parents, you know, whatever, an explanation of who we are and that we just have to resign ourselves to, you know, settling down and getting a real job and growing up and whatever. And there's, there's something to that, but (laughs) I, I want to help people see that there's so much more out there than they ever realized, you know, even with something um, that could be uh, like a common interest, like say animals and pets, lots of people love animals and pets. But if you say to them, you know, if you say to someone, oh, I love pets and animals, how can I make money with that? You know, typically people will say, well, why don't you be a veterinarian? And, you know, okay, that's, that is something you can do, but it's highly competitive. It's really expensive. It's heartbreaking almost every day. And Mm -hmm. maybe you're just not good at medicine. Maybe you faint at the sight of blood. (laughs) And so that's probably not a good choice. But what if you were making pajamas for greyhounds or, you know, were a horse whisperer or horse massage therapist, or, you know, you wrote music for cats, which apparently is a thing I just found out about this morning. Um, (laughs) And, you know, there's so many things to be done than what convention tells us. And so that's what I want to help people see is all the opportunities that are out there that would fit them perfectly. Mm. Well, you mentioned a couple of movements and, and for people who are not involved in steampunk or, (laughs) you know, Comic-Con and those other things, they may not realize um, how big these are. I mean, I have been in downtown Seattle when Comic-Con has been here And it's insane. I mean, the costumes Mm -hmm. are, you know, Hollywood worthy. And there are so many people who are walking the streets in them. (laughs) Right, exactly. And it's like, where do all these people come from? Where are they hiding out the rest of the year? (laughs) Yeah. But as you mentioned before, you know, as you don't really understand people who are coming out of cubicles and wanting to do something on their own, which is my sort of background, And I don't understand people who go to Comic-Con, which is your sort of background. Mm -hmm. And so it really is important that you work with someone who does understand you and and that you understand so that you're much better able to guide them in the right way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And once I started kind of relaxing into that role and realized that that's okay, I've had so much fun talking to people, you know, as I, um, I'll do live events where I'll have a, a table or a tent at, um, say like a Halloween convention or, um, there was something I did a couple months ago called hearse con, which is exactly what it sounds like. It was a car <laughs> show just for hearses. And, but that's where my, my people are. And so, you know, I'll have my, uh, banner up that says be weird make money and I I watch people as they approach and they look and they kind of giggle and they'll say to their friend oh that's totally me and mm-hmm. <laughs> or their friends will say oh that's you and so I know I'm in the right place doing the right thing in fact when in 2016 when um, David Bowie and, and Prince died it, mm. I, it was it was really tragic for me because they were two of my favorite music artists and in the the weeks and months following um, their passing I kept reading these articles and seeing uh, a pattern in the quotes of you know people reminiscing and saying you know what I really loved about him is that he gave me permission to be outrageous and to be me and mm. I realized I want to help with that in my own way, in the way I can. 
So, and you know, it made me realize like, yeah, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, that is a huge thing, giving ourselves permission. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it does have to come from somebody else first before we can give it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I've had several conversations with people where, you know, they'll tell me their, whatever their weird is, you know, if it's their interest or whatever, and they'll say, how can I make money with that? And I'll just kind of rattle off, you know, like, well, you could do this, 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 or this, you know, just off the top of my head. And they'll just get this look like, wow, I, I could really do that. And it's like, yes, yes, you can. You know, it's, it might not be easy or, you know, exactly straightforward, but you, it's possible. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I love that moment of watching their, their face change, hearing their voice get soft and, you know, open up like, wow, I, you know, no one's ever said that to me before that I, I could do this rather than, oh, you and your jerky ideas, you know, just, yeah. <laughs> just be normal, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that is the most fulfilling part of what we do, right? Is when we open up the possibilities to people and, and this whole other way of living is really presented to them maybe for the first time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, you mentioned massage therapy. Mm -hmm. uh, so you were a massage therapist before you were doing this or you still do massage therapy? I still do that. It's, it's kind of my, my constant. It's funny. I went to massage school right out of high school um, because I wanted a way to work my way through college. And so I did that. <laughs> I graduated from college and I still kept doing massage because it's reliable. It's, um, I, I like doing it. I'm in a good environment for it. And, uh, you know, it allows me the flexibility to do the things that I want to do. So in a way, you know, I never intended to do it for, I've been doing it for over 22 years. I, I never intended to do it this long, but it's it stood me in good stead. <laughs> Yeah, well, in keeping with the uh, scanner sensibility, right? Exactly. Uh, refuse to choose, right? You can yep. do it all. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it, it's funny. I get to hear about a, from a lot of people who are unhappy with their jobs. And so, you know, it, even though I don't have the same experience, I do get to hear, you know, how people say, oh, man, you know, the grind oh, my office job or office politics or whatever. And sometimes I'll slip in and I'll be like, so what would you rather be doing? You know, <laughs> what, what if we had you do this instead? You know, and so it's, it's been kind of interesting because I'll just kind of play with ideas there. You know, and again, it's nice to kind of help people while they're in a relaxed state of mind. They're a little bit more open and they'll say, oh, wow, that sounds like fun. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, well, I was going to ask you, is there a kind of cross-pollination? So do you have clients who come in for a massage and end up working with you on their career and vice versa? Do you have people who come in for careers and then, you know, you, you end up uh, being their massage therapist as well? Um, you know, I haven't done it that way. Um, you know, I haven't had any um, career clients come uh, and end up massage clients, but I have actually had massage clients end up um, coaching clients. <laughs> and so that's, that's kind of fun. And it's amazing to see just kind of the, um, the progress that they make. And I, I wonder sometimes, you know, if, because I've gotten to know them as massage clients, you know, I kind of have, um, a more thorough understanding of kind of where they're coming from in, 
in a way that I wouldn't normally get to um, with my coaching clients. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, you know, it's like oftentimes, you know, with my massage clients, I've worked them for months or years and, you know, so I, I pretty much know them as a person. So things can move along pretty quickly. Um, you know, and in fact, I did toy with the idea of purposefully marketing, you know, massage and coaching and kind of like doing the idea brainstorming session um, either during or immediately following a massage when we're both really relaxed and open and everything. And I've tried it once or twice and it is kind of cool, but it, it was just, even for me, it was just too weird <laughs> to, uh, to really blend together and to, to make it a thing, but it was fun to, to try. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I know that, you know, you develop a certain intimacy, right, with people mm-hmm. when you're massaging them. And so I imagine they trust you quite a bit. And so mm-hmm. that sounds like a a good sort of segue if people come in as massage clients and then, you know, you can help them sort of up-level their lives. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> so you've written a couple of books, but I'm going to ask you, what is one book or resource besides your own that changed your life that you would recommend to people? I know this is probably going to come as no surprise, but I am going to say Barbara shares, I could do anything if only I knew what it was. It was the first book I ever read about the concept of scanners. And it was a self-help book, but it was the first one I'd read that had to do with um, like lifestyle and business, even more than, than wishcraft, which is another one of hers. Um, You know, I just, I loved the integration of it. It was, it was literally life changing. I had read the book. And then, like I said earlier, you know, I had listened to the audio book on a drive and it just sunk in even more. And it, it really has, I can't imagine where I would be had I not encountered that book. And, you know, it's, it's the one Barbara book that I recommend to everyone above all of the other ones she's written. Uh, even though I connect very much to refuse to choose and I use wishcraft in the training, if I could, I could do anything if only I knew what it was is, is my hands down favorite. Mm, totally life-changing. Yeah. Kimberly, how do you personally define success for yourself? What does your first class life look like? That's a good question. My first class life includes freedom, choice, and options. Um, It's not necessarily a six-figure bank account or, you know, income level or anything like that, but it's me being able to do me and life on my terms. And, and so in a lot of ways, I, I feel like I've hit a lot of those goals. Um, my, my best friend said to me once, um, Kim, I, I admire you so much because you just do whatever you want. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, you know, this is, you know, she, she's worked at the same job for 25 years, doesn't like it, you know, and me, you know, I've gone to massage school. I went to be a candle maker. I went to Buddhist school. I moved to Colorado, you know, all these things, but it's, I've just been kind of following my own path and I make my own rules and, you know, I, I want to help other people do that. So yeah, that's how I would define it. 
how do you serve your clients? Do you work with them one-on-one, um, in person, online? Do you have groups? Do you do retreats? How, how does that work besides your tent at the Halloween festival? <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> I, um, I have done a little bit of all of those. Um, currently I work mostly with people one-on-one, uh, over the internet. Um, so we'll, um, you know, we'll meet online or on the phone and communicate via email to kind of get them started. Um, I have also run online and in-person workshops. Um, so working with groups, uh, obviously I've done the success teams, which is small groups of four or five or six people. Um, usually it's short term work, um, you know, a month or two at a time. Um, my favorite part of helping people is getting them started. And so that's, that's where the, uh, the energy and the juice lies for me is, is helping people um, get started and, you know, kind of have that explosive idea phase and get them started on the right path and then say, all right, go to it. (laughs) (laughs) If people want to find out more about you and your work, how can they do that? Um, they can go to beweirdmakemoney.com or they can email me directly at uh, Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-Y at beweirdmakemoney.com. And the books are available on Amazon? Yes, they are. Be Weird, Make Money, and it's Halloween and Design a Life and Living in a World Where You Don't Feel Like You Belong, which I think a lot of people can relate to. Yep, exactly. So what's next for Kimberly Stewart? So in September, starting in September, I have a bunch of things happening. Um, but my biggest excitement is in um, Salem, Massachusetts, which city? Yeah. <laughs> I am going to be having uh, my first big um, in-person workshop. I'm really excited. I've done little workshops here and there, but this is going to be a multi-part um, workshop where we're going to meet online Uh, ahead of meeting in person. And after we meet in person, we're going to have a couple of meetings to follow up. And I'm really excited about that. It's going to be at the Cauldron Black in Salem, Massachusetts on September 15th. And uh, there will be a link on my website later today. (laughs) So tell me why Salem, Massachusetts? I figured what better place (laughs) than, (laughs) than Salem to start um, you know, a be weird, make money workshop. I, I actually would like to do uh, a little tour of cool cities like that, um, where I do in-person workshops of uh, Seattle's another place, Portland, Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, you know, I'm in Boulder, Colorado, which is its own style of weird. And so I want to have these destination workshops in places where my people are. Well, you know, there's a slogan right now in Portland that's keep Portland weird. So I think you'll fit right in there. Yeah, (laughs) totally. (laughs) Well, Kimberly Stewart, be weird, make money. Thanks so much for sharing with us today and good luck with that workshop. Thanks for having me, Kate. Thanks for joining us. This is the EWN Podcast Network. Do you feel like you're drowning in administrivia? Do you have a podcast you would like transcribed to repurpose as a blog or even a best-selling book? Rhonda's Virtual Office is the answer to the freedom you crave so you can get busy doing what you love. 
let Rhonda's virtual office give you the relief you need. Visit rondasvirtualoffice.com and get some peace of mind today. Rhonda's virtual office is the go-to transcription service for EWN Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us. Back now with your host, Kate Fessler. After we stopped recording, Kimberly told me a story about being approached at one of these Halloween events by someone who told her he had a collection of 600 skeletons. After running through thoughts in her head like, what kind of skeletons and should I be calling the police? She asked him to tell her more. Turns out they were miniature plastic skeletons and he challenged her to come up with something he could do with that. She immediately rattled off a few ideas, including using them as characters for YouTube videos and creating a show featuring them. He was impressed, as am I. I'm not sure I would have gone much beyond his first declaration of owning the skeletons. Kimberly's story clearly illustrates that there's room for all of us, even if we do similar things, because we bring our own unique selves into the equation. Even though she and I have the same training in profiting from your passions, I would not be comfortable in the world that she thrives in, and vice versa. So if you have an idea of what you want to do, but you're thinking there's no room for you because others are doing it too, think again. If you think you're weird and are into things like Halloween and steampunk and all those other things Kimberly mentioned, and you want to learn how to make money being your weird self, contact Kimberly at BeWeirdMakeMoney.com. If you're a corporate type and you want to learn how to go from employee to entrepreneur for a life of freedom, joy, fulfillment, and prosperity, where you never have to endure another performance review or being passed over for a promotion you know you deserve, contact me. If you have something to add to the conversation, please leave a comment on my Facebook page, First Class Life Solutions. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen. Follow the show to be reminded of upcoming episodes, and please tell your friends. What's your story? If you'd like to share it on this podcast to inspire others, please click on the link at the bottom of the show page and fill out the survey. If it seems like a good fit, I'll be in touch. I hope you'll join me next week for another interview with an inspiring woman. Until then, cheers to your authentic first-class life. I'm Kate Fessler. Thanks for listening to Change, Redefining Success. EWN Podcast Network. I'm Sandra Yancey, CEO and founder of eWomen Network. We invite you to listen to all of our EWN Podcast hosts at EWNPodcastNetwork.com.